This episode of Technically News Dump is brought to you by Masterclass. Okay, so honestly, the episode wasn't supposed to start out this way, but uh, right before we were about to film this, uh, it was announced that the FBI has raided Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, this comes on the heels of the revelation that Trump's legal team has been speaking with the Department of Justice in recent days. Mm -hmm. I don't know, by the time this video goes up, we, you know, we all are probably gonna know more about what exactly went on, but the FBI raid was confirmed by Trump himself who put out a lengthy statement about it. Mm -hmm. These are dark times for our nation as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida is currently under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by the radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024, especially based on recent polls, and who will likewise do anything to stop Republicans and conservatives in the upcoming midterm elections. Such an assault could only take place in broken third world countries. Sadly, America has now become one of those countries, corrupt at a level not seen before. They even broke into my safe! Ah! <laughs> I stood up to America's bureaucratic corruption. I restored power to the people and truly delivered for our country like we have never seen before. The establishment hated it. Now, as they watch my endorsed candidates win big victories and see my dominance in all polls, they are trying to stop me and the Republican Party once more. The lawlessness, political persecution, and witch hunt must be exposed and stopped. I will continue to fight for the great American people. That was way longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you kept the when I started. Up. Yeah, you're going to oh, need boy. some. Uh, I thought it was going to be a tweet. Yeah, the length of a tweet. Ugh. You're going to need some uh, like honey and oh. coat tea after this. True social needs a character limit. That is too long. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is nuts, and it, it, it came out like immediately following that statement. It came out that the Secret Service also confirmed it because this was just. Trump's word for a little bit. Not so secret anymore, right? Yeah, the Secret Service uh, worked with the FBI to get them access. And uh, I think the funniest part is just that Trump thought that the safe would be safe. That's why they, they call it a safe. safe. That's not fair. That's where I hide all of my documents and incriminating... Uh... Having a safe, that's like having an offshore account in your house. Yes. The law can't touch it. <laughs> Clearly. But uh, we will keep you updated on that in the coming days. But let's get back to the original start of this episode. Um, because it deals with Trump and a lot of other people in the conservative party and the wild conference that went on this weekend known as CPAC. But uh, the original start of this episode was an update on Alex Jones because our last video was filmed before the punitive damages were agreed upon. We did add an update via pinned comment to that video, but let's bring you fully up to speed. So last week it was announced that Alex Jones would have to pay the Sandy Hook parents from this specific lawsuit $4.1 million in compensatory damages, which is the amount that plaintiffs received that's based on an estimate of actual loss incurred from the Jones's, uh, from Jones's publication of conspiracy theories related to the mass shooting. So just about 24 hours after that, a decision was made regarding the punitive damages. And these are damages that are used as punishment for the guilty party and typically far exceed the previous amount. And in this case, Alex Jones has been ordered to pay $45.2 million in punitive damages, bringing the total awarded to the plaintiffs in this case to just under $50 million. And like small asterisk, but I think Texas has caps on punitive. So the final amount won't be as much as that, but it is 
It is a statement made by the court to yeah. <laughs> stop people from acting in such a way. I, I mean, the caps, I believe, are based on a percentage of net worth. I think so, in, in, I don't know. in Texas, it's a, multi, it's a certain multiplication of the compensatory and then a bonus on top of that. But needless to say, it's a yeah. lot of money. But yeah, as we said last week, this is just one of many lawsuits against Alex Jones that are currently in motion, and it sets a clear precedent for the ones that remain. So this is absolutely devastating for Alex Jones and his companies, which is great, because the mental anguish that he put these parents through is incalculable. He fucking sucks. Yes. Fuck him. Uh, one of the big reveals from this past week, though, was that Jones's lawyers had accidentally sent a copy of his cell phone records to the lawyers representing the parents. Oops. Whoops. Culminating in what Jones described during cross-examination as, this is your Perry Mason moment. <laughs> And while these records are uh, incredibly damning when it comes to the Sandy Hook cases, they're also of deep interest to the House committee that is investigating the events of the January 6th insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. And as of Monday morning of this week, that committee now has access to Alex Jones' cell phone records as well. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Here's the fake news CNN with more. (laughs) Approximately two years' worth of text messages sent and received by right-wing conspiracy theorist Alex Jones have been turned over to the House Select Committee. The messages were handed over to the committee by Mark Bankston, the attorney who represented two Sandy Hook parents. Jones' attorney, Federico Reynal, asked the judge in the case to order Bankston to destroy the material and not transmit it to the House. House committee, but the judge declined. Quote, I'm not standing between you and Congress, Judge Maya Guerrera Gamble told Bankston when asked about sending Jones's text to the committee. That is not my job. I'm not going to do that. Uh, so, yeah, fuck, sir. Yeah, this will definitely make things far more interesting, or interesting as these committee hearings continue to play out. Uh, the schedule of which may be changed to facilitate this new evidence, which is what happened back in June when the committee gained access to additional footage from documentary filmmaker Alex Holder. They were like, all right, well, hold on. We have to take time to analyze this. Yeah. Give us a moment and we'll be right back. Uh, also, um, the Sandy Hook lawyer uh, said in an interview with Young Turks on Monday that, uh, yeah, there were some indecent photos of Alex Jones in this uh, in the files. So uh, that's we might see Alex Jones' penis sometime in the future. I, His bulbous I, red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that is a possibility. So just make yourself aware. Uh, Obviously, all of this should have a chilling effect on the outrageous, unhinged, and seriously detached from reality rhetoric that is constantly spewed from conservatives in this country. Right? That's where you're wrong, bucko. (laughs) Yeah, so you already know the answer to that question. CPAC was this weekend, and, well, you know, CPAC. We don't know really what to say about this year's CPAC, except that uh, these people exist in their own parallel universe where there is no shame, no embarrassment, and saying the, the darndest and dumbest things or participating in absurd theatrics is actually seen as brave, patriotic, prideful, mm-hmm. but in a good way, yeah, not in a sinful way. Yeah, exactly. Remember when pride was a sin? So let's start I, off. I miss when, we, when gay meant fun. We were having <laughs> a gay old time. Let's start with a little introduction from one uh, Ted Theodore Rafael Cruz. Well, my name is Ted Cruz, and my pronouns are kiss my ass. So yeah, in addition to that wonderful little intro, the conference featured speakers and discussions with conservative heavy hitters like Sarah Palin. Like Lincoln said, We're not going to be destroyed from foreign forces coming on in. It's going to be from within. If we allow things that are so anti-constitutional to 
to be able to usurp, for instance, the balance of power. So, yes. Sean Hannity. The climate alarmist cult that want you to think that the world is going to end in 12 years. And my feeling is, if it really was going to end in 12 years, I'd say the hell with it all. Let's have one big party for the last 10 years. And then we'll all go home and see Jesus together, or at least half of us will. Marjorie Taylor Greene. When I said that I'm a Christian nationalist, I have nothing to be ashamed of because that's what most Americans are. We're proud of our faith. Lauren Boebert. We need to investigate Fauci. We need to defund Fauci. And we damn well need to prosecute Anthony Fauci. Donald Trump. We should abolish the Department of Education. Far-right Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, who just last week joked about gas chambers and race mixing? Okay, sure. fuck it. The globalists can all go to hell. I have come to Texas. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Papa John. Papa John Schnatter. Um, who loves pizza? In preparation for his big speech at CPAC, he ate 40 pizzas in 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. He's unstoppable. Yeah. He wiped his grease off with a napkin and passed it around in the crowd for anyone to enjoy. Yeah. Actually, that's socialism. That would be socialism. Anyways, the show also set the stage for everyone by featuring a gigantic digital banner above the stage where at one point it displayed the phrase, we are all domestic terrorists. (laughs) Uh, which was followed by cheers from the crowd. Hell yeah, we are. <laughs> I but mean, the good kind. Yeah, yeah. That they're diminishing the phrase uh, yeah. and embracing it as a way to make it not seem like what it is. This is just weird. Like mm. uh, b- beyond anything else, it's just very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was just the start of how the conference teetered back and forth between claiming that on one hand the insurrection was faked, and uh, the other hand just embracing January 6th as a positive thing for their party and the country. Now, the most outrageous display of this came in the form of an art installation in the convention hall that, quote, featured a caged man in an orange jumpsuit meant to symbolize the January 6th defendants weeping over the injustice of his incarceration while wearing a MAGA hat. Convention attendees could don headphones to listen to testimonial from actual alleged rioters. This already surreal scene got turned up to 11 in the late afternoon when Marjorie Taylor Greene spotted the installation and entered the jail cell to comfort and pray with the actor portraying the weeping man. And you really, really just have to see this to believe it. This is, this is reality. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Jesus, we trust in you. Hold on, can we play that back again, but with a little something added in the corner there? Yes. Yeah, that does look like a Brazzers video. (laughs) All right, cool. Anyway, stop this fucking planet. I want to get off. Send me to Mars. (laughs) I don't care if I'll die on impact. Uh, It didn't stop there, though. Amidst the flurry of conservative speakers and discussions was the grand finale, a speech by former president, soon to be contender in the 2024 presidential election, Donald J. Trump who spent his time uh, really leaning into the whole incitement side of his talking points. He's, yeah, it's like, you know what? Uh, uh, well, and this was all before he got raided by the FBI, but in theory, he's just like, well, I mean, I I haven't been charged with anything. I got I, away with it. So, so why don't I just double down? Let's do it again. Yeah. 
Uh, so Michael Hardy of local outlet Texas Monthly describes the scene. The main lesson Trump and his allies appear to have taken from January 6th, based on their CPAC speeches, is that they need to be less squeamish next time. We have to seize this opportunity to deal with the radical left socialist lunatic fascists. What? Yeah. <laughs> Trump declared to rapturous applause. We have to hit them very, very hard. It has to be a crippling defeat. Over the course of his speech, Trump hinted at his sources of political inspiration. He praised China and Singapore for executing drug dealers. He invoked the spirit of George Patton, a very violent man who would be thrown out of the military today. We need to get back to him. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so The Hill adds that Trump said teaching any inappropriate racial, sexual, and political material to school children in any form whatsoever should be banned. And if federal officials push this radicalism, the Department of Education should be abolished. We should abolish the Department of Education. Which is what he tried to do with Betsy DeVos anyway. Yeah. I mean, this has been a long-term goal for a long time. Yes. If you thought, uh, you know, that the abortion rights thing would never happen, this is another long-term goal that they are aiming towards. Yeah. Uh, and the abortion uh, overturning Roe v. Wade happened. So look forward to this. In some parts of New Hampshire, they've gotten like, shockingly close to abolishing public education. Well, their slogan uh, is live free or die. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I think it was the most recent This American Life episode. It's just all about a New Hampshire town accidentally uh, making public education basically illegal. And yeah. Everyone else trying to, trying to sort this out uh, in the proper way. <laughs> I'm sure everything will work out just they're like, fine. They're like, it's fine. You can go use the public schools in the next town over. And they're like, but it will cost you $20,000 because that is the fair market price. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, turns out, like most things, us libertarians didn't think things through. No. Uh, anyways, Newsweek points out that Trump also boasted about how former White House doctor Ronnie Jackson loved looking at his body. Quote, he was a great doctor, Trump said. He loved looking at my body. It was so strong, powerful. But he said, I'm the healthiest president that's ever lived. I was the healthiest. I said, I like this guy. Ronnie Jackson, my doctor. And uh, while it's not directly related to CPAC, this weekend also featured what is being described as photographic proof that Trump clogged all those White House toilets during his presidency. Now, not with his huge, very healthy dumps. No. But with paperwork that he wanted to destroy and dispose of. Here's the independent. Images obtained for an upcoming book on the Trump presidency appear to show torn documents floating in toilets, backing up. I like that. Backing up <laughs> reports that Donald Trump tried to destroy presidential paperwork by flushing it away. The photos, shared by New York Times journalist Maggie Haberman and published by Axios, show torn fragments of handwritten documents floating in two separate toilets, one in the White House and the other in an unspecified location visited by Mr. Trump on an overseas trip. Jesus. That's like, wow. The fact that it remained in there yeah. in, a, in, a, in what you would assume might be a not fully just a for, secure Foreign intelligence just like, let's just reroute these toilets because we know Trump's like throwing all of his secret documents yeah, or that, and in the he, toilet. And he writes everything in giant, bold, yeah. Sharpie <laughs> pens. <laughs> so it's like anything that comes out the other end that's in Sharpie, they're like, well, there it is. Uh, alongside tales of the president clogging White House toilets with paperwork, previous reports have included stories that Mr. Trump would habitually tear up paperwork after meetings, leaving the fragments for aides to tape back together so they could be sent to the National Archives as mandated by the Presidential Records Act. No, you can't keep tearing these up. We are required by law to keep them for one, posterity. One day, I'm going to be able to visit the Smithsonian in D.C. and see a waterlogged Toilet water, yeah, covered, just piece of smeared with feces, yeah, 
and, uh, and, a, and a note about literally anything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Republicans also topped the weekend off by blocking a cap on the price of insulin here in the U.S., which would have made the maximum out-of-pocket cost for citizens who use insulin to survive just $35 a month instead of sometimes hundreds, if not thousands of dollars per month. Thank you, Kristen Cinema, real woman of the people. Uh, from the Washington Post, Republican lawmakers on Sunday successfully stripped a $35 price cap on the cost of insulin for many patients from the ambitious legislative package Democrats are moving through Congress this weekend, invoking arcane Senate rules to jettison the measure. The, oh, there it is. The Senate parliamentarian earlier in the weekend ruled that part of the Democrats' cap included in the Inflation Reduction Act did not comply with the rules that allow them to advance a bill under the process known as reconciliation, a tactic that helps them avert a GOP filibuster. That gave the Republicans an opening to jettison it. This darn Senate uh, parliamentarian, whatever will we do? Is that the one that gets the gold mace? I believe so. Okay, cool. Uh, this has happened to the Republicans like several times before, and they just fired the fucking parliamentarian. But um, I guess we got to play by the rules. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, as for the bill itself, uh, the Senate passed the Inflation Reduction Act on Sunday, which sends it to the House for approval before Dark Brandon can sign it, <laughs> can sign it into law. Uh, despite many Democrats not getting what they wanted in this package, it was, uh, you know, it's a big win overall compared to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and when it comes to fighting climate change as well as access to somewhat affordable health care. It is somewhat affordable. It, is, it yeah. is a step in the right direction. Yeah. It is nowhere near where it could have gone or even was heading like a day before it passed. Yeah. But Bernie Sanders <laughs> uh, submitted what, like 10, uh, 10 things for it and they all got uh, denied. Yeah. And um, it's Trump is not a healthy way to talk. Yeah, uh, no. But yeah, he was like rightfully being like, these are the problems we should be solving with this. And all these fucking K-Hive Yaz Queen libs are just like, shut up, Bernie. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. We got the bill we deserve. Nothing. Because I <laughs> I hate myself. And I deserve nothing. I do love that if, if none of like any of the right wing hate watchers are like seething up until this point at our yeah. video, you pulling out a LaCroix. <laughs> uh, is really going to send them over the edge. Well, Andrew Tate says you should never drink tap water. You should always drink uh, sparkling water. Well, uh, spring water. Spring water is the best water. Yeah, we all yeah. know that. Shout out to the hydro homies out there. Uh, anyways, this bill would uh, represent the largest climate investment in U.S. history and make major changes to health policy by giving Medicare the power for the first time to negotiate the prices of certain prescription drugs and extending expiring health care subsidies for three years. The legislation would reduce the deficit, be paid for through new taxes, including a 15% minimum tax on large corporations and a 1% tax on stock buybacks, and boost the Internal Revenue Service's ability to collect. It would raise over $700 billion in government revenue over 10 years and spend over $430 billion to reduce carbon emissions and extend subsidies for health insurance under the Affordable Care Act and use the rest of the new revenue to reduce the deficit. Now, there are a lot of problems in the bill and a lot of issues that can come out of it. But again, in general, this is a good step forward. It's the best you're going to get. Yeah, so. well, you might as well take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we will get back to the news in just a second. And yes, we are going to talk about uh, Warner Brothers, uh, Discovery Warner, whatever the hell they're called now. We're going to talk about Ezra Miller, 
HBO, all that stuff. But first, Masterclass gives you the extra knowledge and motivation that you need to take your craft, whatever it may be, to the next level. That's where Masterclass shines because you're getting information from literally the best people in the business from a variety of fields like cooking, music, film, animation, business, tech, and plenty more. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of DJing and music curation from Questlove, improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay, or learn game design and theory from Will Wright. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing that you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. These videos, they're short, they're bite-sized. Uh, you can learn on the go. You, it, it's fascinating to watch people who are the best in their field uh, give you some in, inside information about what got them there. Uh, some recent ones that were added that are uh, very interesting. Obviously, we've talked about the Ken Burns documentary filmmaking uh, uh, masterclass, which is awesome. I've been watching a bunch of uh, Ken Burns. He just came out with a new documentary uh, about mental health oh. uh, in youth. It's a hard watch, but a necessary All one. Right. Uh, also, Marcus Brownlee uh, on making compelling videos. Uh, so that's that's on there, too, oh, if you wow. guys like YouTubers. Uh, these cinema quality classes give you unparalleled access to literal experts, and the lessons range from showing you how to execute a technique to insights about the craft. Uh, you can explore lessons in any order across your phone, tablet, Apple TV, or computer. And in just 10 to 15 minutes, you can squeeze in a few lessons here or there without setting aside an entire day. They also offer downloadable lesson recaps and high-end supplemental materials to help you in your journey. If you're interested, we definitely think you should check it out. And you can get unlimited access to every masterclass uh, right now with 15% uh, off an annual membership with our link. Go to masterclass.com slash newsdump today. That is masterclass.com slash newsdump for 15% off masterclass. Terms do apply. Okay, so uh, what the hell's been going on with Warner Brothers, HBO, HBO Max, Discovery, and all the TV shows and movies that uh, you, you love? Well, mm -hmm. there's a lot going on, actually. First off, um, this is all a result of the merger between Warner Media and Discovery Networks, which resulted in Discovery CEO David Zaslav taking over as CEO of Warner Media during a time of economic peril for businesses and more specifically streaming services. Uh, the entertainment and tech industries have been taking a beating this year, and it's resulted in a lot of layoffs, budget restrictions, cancellations, and so on. But things are obviously going to be more chaotic and abrupt when two massive media companies merge amidst all of that. Most of these problems take place behind the scenes, but a lot has happened over the past week as it directly relates to the consumers and fans of certain properties. Uh, the Guardian has a pretty good compilation of everything that's gone on so far, so we'll, we'll quote from their recent article. First, the studio announced plans to permanently shelve an already shot Batgirl movie to the tune of an estimated $90 million loss. A puzzling move explained in an official statement as symptomatic of a larger shift in company doctrine away from streaming. Though more obscure imperatives of tax accounting surely played a role as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> this is a, a write tax write-off. Mm -hmm. HBO Max subscribers then began combing the library and noticed that a handful of the original films produced for the platform had been quietly removed. The Seth Rogen vehicle, American Pickle for one, now exists only as a $3.99 rental from iTunes. Rumors of staff layoffs and series cancellations swirled until the bomb was finally dropped by Warner Discovery CEO David Zaslav during a second quarter earnings report last Thursday. In 2023, HBO Max and Discovery Plus would be combined into a single entity, ideally with a name that doesn't sound like a brand of batteries. The decision to demolish the HBO Max brand and start over on the vacant lot it will leave behind comes as a shock to industry observers who have watched as Warner went all in on streaming during the pandemic's housebound early days. And so, yeah, like, 
the biggest change here seems to be that uh, they're pulling back all budget related to anything that was supposed to go straight to streaming. Yeah. Anything that was set to premiere exclusively on HBO Max is either getting put into question or canceled outright. So, um, yeah, when they talk about HBO Max, they're talking about HBO Max. They're not talking about HBO, which things are obviously going to be developed for. Although that future remains uncertain as well because, I don't know, two offices ago, we were talking about how the head of HBO just left yeah. Just fucking After left. 25 years, like, all right, I see the writing on the walls. I'm out of here. Yeah. We had a good run. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's all very... I mean, like, imagine making a fucking entire movie. It's done. It's ready to go. And they're like, hey. Nah, we changed their mind. Yeah, there was another one. It's just uh, going to be released. Never. It, there was a Scooby-Doo movie that was also canceled, but I guess the, the producer or the director said that they'd already paid for the... Yeah. The musicians They're recording the, the, sound, the soundtrack right now, even though the movie's not coming out. It's some yeah. real, uh, but I'm sure that's also a great tax write-off, too. Yeah. Like, no, you still have to re- record that, because that's part of the... We need to claim that. So go that, and fucking do it. That score is going to end up on something completely unrelated, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Washington Post adds that, quote, the streaming merger means Warner Brothers properties such as the Harry Potter series and the sitcom Friends would be available alongside Discovery shows like Deadliest Catch and Worst Cooks in America. If what's funny about this is, like, they they said as much in the earnings report that uh, they're basically like, HBO's for dudes, yeah. Discovery's for chicks. we yeah. got to get everyone on the same couch. HBO's from Mars, Discovery's from Venus. And, uh, yeah, no, it's it's insane. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery will also develop a 10-year plan for its DC Comics franchises that include Superman and Wonder Woman, similar to what Disney did with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Zaslav said. What? Okay, uh, sure. We'll give this yet another try. Yeah. And (laughs) maybe this time it'll work. Uh, Yeah, so how many times over the past, like, decade have we heard something similar to the phrase, we got a long plan that'll make DC finally compete with Marvel in terms of storytelling world building, uh, scheduling, yeah. uh, casting, all that, only to, of course, have that just completely blow up in their face. It's like, it's... It, DC, you can't even... It's not a universe. The, There's, like, some little connections here or there, but it is it is just a big pile of movies. That's there it. Two... Why, why some of them are good. Yeah, but, the, the two, like, best-performing, most critically acclaimed have nothing to do yeah. with any universe. But, yeah, there's no... It doesn't seem like one hand is telling knows what the other hand's doing. It's like they, they're bringing Ben Affleck back again as Batman and Aquaman At this now. point, like, isn't, isn't he Ben Affleck even like... Well, no, he's coming back for the stupid Flash thing. Like, I guess uh, they also... They were bringing Michael Keaton back for some reason and both the movies that he was in. One was Batgirl movie. That one's just never coming out. The other one was the Flash movie that has been indefinitely delayed and also might just it's never It's not come indefinitely out. delayed anymore. Well, you And we'll get to it. Anyway, yeah, this is also a DC universe that has been constantly cursed by everyone involved. I mean, we've been over this too many times to count. But things keep getting worse when it relates to DC film franchises. We'll spare you a lengthy retelling of what led us here. But on Monday this week, on top of everything else, it was announced that Flash star Ezra Miller has been charged with felony burglary in Stamford, Vermont. Here's Variety. According to the police report, Vermont State Police were notified of a burglary complaint from a residence in Stamford at 5.55 p.m. on May 1st. Police found that several bottles of alcohol were taken from the residence while the homeowners were not present. After collecting statements and looking at surveillance videos, police found probable cause to charge Miller with felony burglary into an unoccupied dwelling. 
Police located Miller on August 7th. That That is many months from when the supposed crime took place. Well, they've but been off in the woods this whole time. Police located Miller on August 7th at 11.23 p.m. and issued them a citation to appear in Vermont Superior Court on September 26th for arraignment. According to a Rolling Stone investigation in June, Miller has been housing a 25-year-old mother and her three children, who are between the ages of one and five, at the actor's home ranch in Stamford, Vermont. The property doubles as an unlicensed cannabis farm and has several firearms on the premises, according to the report. One source who spoke to Rolling Stone alleged that the one-year-old child was found with a loose bullet in their mouth. It's unclear whether the Stamford properties are one and the same. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Seems about par for the course. But I here's guess. the part you were waiting for, and you were all waiting for, and especially you, Elliot. Go ahead. Yeah. Throughout Miller's arrests and controversies, the question of whether or not that solo Flash movie will be canceled or released in theaters next year has persisted. Last week, however, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav reiterated that the Flash is still a go, saying, "We have seen the Flash, Black Adam, and Shazam too. We are very excited about them. We've seen them." We think they're terrific, and we think we can make them even better. Fuck you, Batgirl. <laughs> After several delays, The Flash is currently set to hit theaters on June 23rd, 2023. Oh, baby. That's less than a year away. Mm -hmm. How many more crimes can this person well, commit uh, before then? I, well, hopefully none, but... Uh... At the very least, September 26th will be interesting. Ezra Miller just showing up at the premiere of his own movie wearing like a, a suicide vest. Their own movie. Exactly. We tried. And we deserved it. Uh, funny, <laughs> but yeah, it is funny that he, he mentions Black Adam being great because there's like uh, literally nothing in the multiple Black Adam trailers that would lead us to believe it'll be like a groundbreaking experience in any way. It looks like a it's rock movie. The rock, which I mean, he's, yeah. He's fine. I don't know. But it's... Uh, it just doesn't look like it's, you know, something special out of DC. And it looks like it's a leftover from the previous direction they were heading. But anyway, the Flash movie saga continues on while its star somehow keeps getting into ever-increasing layers of trouble. Uh, maybe they should just apologize like the person involved in our next story. Yeah. In all the excitement surrounding the fancy new space telescope and all the beautiful images of our universe that have been posted online, it's easy to accidentally assume that everything you're seeing is legitimate, especially if the image was posted by a French physicist who is verified on Twitter. Unfortunately for space lovers, but fortunately for people who love jokes and cured meats, that physicist trolled their followers and anyone who saw the image retweeted by claiming that a beautiful slice of chorizo was actually a faraway planet. Uh, in the tweet that featured the photo of a slice of chorizo, French scientist Etienne Klein described the image falsely, saying, Picture of Proxima Centauri, the nearest star to the sun, located 4.2 light years away from us. It was taken by the James Webb Space Telescope. This level of detail, a new world is unveiled every day. Wow. Uh, that's funny. Everyone clapped. But yeah, it's, it's just an image of some delicious smoked meat. A cross-section of a chorizo sausage. Yeah. And, and Klein was forced to apologize shortly after the tweet went viral, saying in some follow-up tweets, Well, when it's time for the aperitif, cognitive biases seem to have a field day. Beware, then, of them. According to contemporary cosmology, no object belonging to Spanish charcuterie exists anywhere but on Earth. <laughs> I've seen similar. There's another great one of, like, really old uh, cookware. Like, the bottoms of old cookware... That are like if you, if from... you just crop it, it looks like planets and yeah. stuff. 
Uh, he also wrote, in view of some comments, I feel compelled to clarify that this tweet showing an alleged snapshot of Proxima Centauri was a form of amusement. Let us learn to be wary of arguments from authority as much as of the spontaneous eloquence of certain images. All right. I guess he's a scientist, so he talks about that. But... <laughs> well, and French. Yes. So this was translated by oui. Twitter, uh, but yes. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so yes. What's French for got him? <laughs> got him. Uh, a couple things. I mentioned uh, in the episode that we've had multiple offices. I just want to say it is, this is the first summer where we have not been cooking alive. I mean, I'm still cooking, but less so than ever before. Yeah, but th like even back in the machinima days, it was sometimes unbearable. And it was over 100 degrees this week. Office is completely fine. It is right now 76 because we turned the AC off before we filmed, yeah. but it feels so good. Just wanted to say that, and thanks for everyone for watching for uh, so many years. Also, sorry about the misplaced video. I'm sure you're like, news dump? I must have missed it. No, this is a new video. Uh, it's going to be a shorter... We'll mix things up a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're keeping you on your toes. And also, again, last week, three episodes this week, seeing me three episodes. My mom's in town. That's why we're having a somewhat shorter schedule. I'm sure you understand, but thank you anyway. Uh, be sure, if you haven't seen them already, to watch our most recent episodes over here, which is a new episode of Weekly Weird News and a recent Tech News Day. Also, I was in a, a oh, podcast, yeah. uh, the, uh, the podcast Minion Death Cult. I was in their new episode, and so, so check that out. We'll link uh, below in the description, and we'll pin a, a comment on top of all the comments for the link so you can check yeah. that out. Um, now the videos are up there, Weekly Weird News and Tech News Day. Watch both of those, subscribe to the channel, hit the join button, and leave a comment, and we'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.